Please be seated. <laughs> but I'd like to invite any children who want to join me up here. You don't have to, but you're certainly welcome to. It's just going to be helpful for me. Thank you, McCray. Thank you, Kayla. Thank you. Thank you. I very often need help with my sermons, and I find that you guys are often very, very wise. So, first things first, what do y'all call your teacher in school? What do you call it? Or him, excuse me. What, what'd you say? Miss, Miss Seahart, okay. What, oh, Miss McDougal, okay. See, this is when I know I'm in the South. That's, um, all teachers have miss or mister, you know, before them. And so here's the thing. I know it's different to have, um, to have a woman who's dean here. And so if you're trying to figure out what to call me, right, you can use miss if you want, like your teachers. You could use dean Sarah if you want to do that. You can use pastor Sarah, and that works too. Or you can just use Sarah because that's the name that my mom gave me, and I'll come, okay? So my question is, and this is a little hard, what do you think might be the difference between happiness and joy? Say again? Gratefulness. Now, what? say a little bit more about that. Exactly on the right on the right track I mean the thing about happiness and joy is that it's kind of we use them together right we use them as as, as if they were one as they, if they meant equal things right but I do think that joy has gratitude wrapped in it makes it different I saw a hand here In the excitement that we feel and in the happiness that we, when we talk about joy, it's just a little different. Yeah, right. That's absolutely true. Yep, yep, I, I agree with that, yeah. might what say that one you know I think I think you guys are actually are really on the right track here happiness is a feeling that really is a little bit more about what's happening right now right I'm happy because you guys are here I'm happy because we get to be together right the thing about joy is that gratitude piece joy is about looking at our lives 
remembering how grateful we are for all that God has given us. Like your birthday. Exactly right. And there's some, some fella here that's got a birthday today. Yeah, I mean, that sort of joy, knowing, you think about on your birthday, everything looks different. Everything feels different. It's a different day, right? Joy is like that. And I think that's something that God gives us when we remember and are grateful for our lives. When we are grateful for all the wonderful things we have. And it's a good practice sometimes to get up in the morning, and maybe when you're having breakfast, think about three or four things that you're joyful about, that you're grateful to God for. I am grateful for this breakfast. I am grateful I get to go to school and see my friends. I'm grateful for my dog. I'm grateful for my cat. Grateful for my mom and dad. Those things are important to remember. Because if we do that, especially at the beginning of the day, joy stays with us. It's like a pair of glasses you wear that may be color, the way we see things. And that's how I think joy is different from happiness. Because if we base it on gratitude, it stays. And so no matter what happens emotionally throughout the day, we can look at what happened and say, I'm still joyful because I still have parents that love me. I still know that God loves me. So no matter if I'm feeling sad right now or feeling very happy right now, joy can stay. And it gives us to talk and they will come up with brilliance, right? And that's the thing, is when we talk about the things of God and the things that matter the most to us, we have to go through layers of all the stuff that has built up on us and weighed us down over the years. Children seem to be able to focus in on it quicker. The thing about joy is that it's a gift. It's a gift like grace is a gift. And it's a gift that we have to open, right? And as we get older and things come in our lives that kind of weigh us down, and we lose the gratitude that's at the basis of joy, we forget that gratitude, that lens of joy can get clouded. It can fall away. And then what will happen is we run after happiness. Now, C.S. Lewis famously said in his wonderful book, Surprised by Joy, well, I knew I could always find happiness in a bottle of port, <laughs> right? <laughs> Many of us have those things that make us happy, right? And, and the unfortunate thing is when we have too much of that and there's an addiction involved in it, then it can rob us not only of our happiness, but all of our joy. That's why joy is so important, especially for Christians. Because if we think about all that we have been given, especially, like I said, when we first wake up, if we can just name a couple of those things, it changes our view 
of the world, it changes our view of that day. It doesn't mean bad things are not going to happen. But it means the way that we look at those things and the way we react to those things is different. Um, I think it's safe to say the Pharisees in today's story from Luke don't understand joy. They are in the midst of being incredibly grumpy uh, in trying to find fault with Jesus, trying to get something on him. And he's trying to teach them uh, an incredible lesson about the people who they are supposed to be serving, namely the lost, those who need help. And those people are actually sitting there as well. So this is a conversation that's happening with the, uh, my stepmom would want to say, the elite and the polite, as well as the hoi polloi. (laughs) And so his message is good news to those who are sitting at the table clamoring to hear from him, but it's not seen as good news for the Pharisees. The tough thing is we got to remember that we get some of that pharisaical stuff that heaps on us and we forget to open our gift of joy. And what's interesting too is then if, if, we, if we're not in the mode of joy, then some of the things that Jesus does and say can just sound ridiculous. They can sound impractical. I mean, who in the world goes off from 99 sheep and goes after one little sheep and then comes home and has a party, right? We can, we can have that mindset. And that, I think, might be a little bit of what's going on with the Pharisees. But this is a lesson about the extravagance of God's love and how everyone experiences that as they are loved. Now, this impractical and plausible love, again, it's something that we have to be able to see We have to be able to open. One of the churches that I served in the Lansing area had um, a rather grumpy, very, very wealthy man. And he was in the Bible study that I did. And where we lived in Lansing, there was a street, a couple streets over, a big street, uh, where the prostitutes of the city their trade, walking back and forth. And it always concerned me, not only for the the safety of these women, but especially in the cold winter of Michigan, which is, whoa, no one wants to be walking out there, let alone, you know, doing your business like that. So I would occasion go to the corner store and get trays of coffee and donuts and would go uh, meet them at night and just say hello and you want coffee. I almost was never turned away. And if I was able to fall into conversation with them, I would just say, you know, if you need anything or if you get in a, a bind or something, give me a call and I'd give, them, I'd give them my card. And I was telling this at the Bible study and this man went apoplectic. <laughs> I hope you are not using the church's money for this. I, did, I said, well, I mean, it is a discretionary fund, and it was my discretion to buy coffee and donuts for these ladies. He was not pleased. 
that's the thing about the gift of joy. We have to accept it, right? And the, th the other thing about joy is that it's, it's inclusive. It's supposed to be for all, right? But there are times when we can be pharisaical. We won't see the joy, and then we don't want anybody to have any joy around us. That's the thing about God's extravagant love. Another thing that C.S. Lewis says is that God is the hound of heaven, hounding us, seeking us, searching for us. So no matter how far lost we get, no matter how far we go, God is always seeking for us because God loves us. God created us for love. And not only us, but everyone else. So that when we know the love and inclusion of God, we are to then transfer that joy into acts that bring joy to others. Acts that help and remind others that they were made for love. They are so valuable that God would help them, that God would leave the 99 and bring back that one who is lost. That's how extravagant the love of God is. One thing else to remember, especially since we're in Luke, and Luke is wonderful wonderfully inclusive, especially of women. After the 99 sheep, we have this amazing story about this woman who loses a coin, right, and sweeps her house and looks all over the place, finally finds the coin, and is so excited that she's filled with joy and she has a party with her friends. Think about what it might have been like to be a woman in that situation, a woman who was of no account, had no standing in the community, and to hear Jesus compare God to a woman, a woman looking for a coin, think about what that might have felt like. This is the radical nature of the inclusion that Jesus wants to teach people about. So the lesson for us, what I love about the parables, is that you look at them and you can kind of see them as a play, and you can put yourself in one character and God in another, Jesus in another, all of that. And once you turn the characters and change them, it can mean something entirely different and new. We can see ourselves certainly as the Pharisees. We can see ourselves as people who are searching, and we can see ourselves as those who are lost, The main thing that we get is the gift of joy. None of us has to try and love the world the way Jesus loved the world under our own steam. And thanks be to God for that because none of us can do it. What we are given is the Holy Spirit of God. We're given the power of God. We're given the love of God and the knowledge that God loves us, and is joyful about us. And when that sits deep inside of us, then we can respond likewise in the world. Now, on a personal note, he and I are overjoyed to be here among you. And 
we have already had an extraordinary welcome, and we look forward to getting acquainted with more of you, maybe later over a meatloaf sandwich, maybe a coffee hour, any number of hopeful occasions that we'll get to have together. We thank God for this incredible community. We thank God for all that is the identity here of all souls and all that God wants to do with us. And we'll find that out together. But I think we'll find